Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host, David Almeida. Have you ever heard of a little show that ran on television in the 1980s called The Facts of Life? Well, if you answered no, brave of you to come, because I've sure heard of it. I'm a little obsessed with it. I'm going through that show, episode by episode, week by week, giving a modern-day synopsis, analysis of it. And since I'm an actor and I live in Orlando, Florida, I like to invite one of my super-talented friends to join me along the way. I was re-listening to last week's show, and my God, the amount of snorting. Between Matthew Arter and myself, the, the snorting ratio was insane. But that is how much fun we had and how <laughs> genuinely we make each other laugh. And it's just, it was so much fun to do. And I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope I'm bringing you another equally as entertaining episode this week. My guest this week is Jody Chase. Jody is a super fun, super talented lady. She is a co-worker. She is a friend. We've been together on the streets of Hollywood Studios for several years now at this point. We are both from New England. We talk about our northern roots all the time. You can't be with us without us breaking into our terrible childhood accents. And uh, we absolutely do that here on this show. The episode we watched was season two, episode three, entitled Double Standard, which originally aired on December 10th, 1980. I have to say, guys, it was clearly the best episode so far, by far. Even better than the New Girl episodes, because they were all expositional. This is such a good show. And if you haven't had a chance to see it, it's up on the website. So pop over, have a look at it. Um, but more importantly, um, I'm really anxious for you to hear me and Jody talk about it. So let's just do this. Let's jump on in. This is me with Jody Chase. The guest of the day is Jody Chase. Wow, what an intro. The food of the day is banana bread. With cream cheese. I had never put cream cheese on banana bread before. Oh, look what I do. I if, inspire people to eat interesting combinations. I never imagined the extra joy of learning new food <laughs> experiences. So this was very magical, Jody. I'm so glad. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you, David. Jody and I just watched season two, episode three, entitled Double Standard. Double standard. And it is uh, it was written by Linda Marsh and Margie Peters, who are the two new showrunners that have just been brought in for season two to fix things and clean them up. Oh, I'm trying to remember the first season, to be honest with you. It was, it's, it's been so long since. It's, it's I mean, honestly, it's been... Oh, really? It's terrible. Yeah. Because honestly, that was surprisingly good. Yeah. Wasn't it? Surprisingly good. Yes. I, David, I thought to myself, this is really well written. Yeah. And this episode, Double Standard, I thought, well, what is this, you know, what's it going to be? It was a hashtag me too. It was. It was totally. you. Of 1980. You could show that to high school kids today and they would not roll their eyes, I don't think. But the comic timing of the, of the ladies. Oh my God. The, the writing. Yeah, the writing. The, it held up. Yeah. And I, I mean, Nancy McKeon is a new girl still. And she talk about the, the characters clicking, the relationships clicking. Mm -hmm. Matthew and I were so thrilled the last two weeks to be able to talk about the things we enjoyed about the episode. Because the first 13 from season one, we just had, we, we were just shitting on them constantly because oh, they really? were so bad. And this no. is where you're like, ah, this is what the show was no, meant it to was, be. It was really, really surprisingly um, good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I actually went, this is, they're really funny. And the lines um, were um, poignant. Yeah. The, there was. And how you make a, should we talk about the subject matter? Before we get into the actual synopsis of the episode, you were saying that you watched the show, but you have not seen it since you first watched it. Is that what? Oh, yeah. 19, when it was 1980, I was 11. Yeah. Was you're, a, you're a year younger than I am. Right. So we experienced this similarly. Right. And uh, so you watched it in the first run, but you never caught the reruns or anything? Mm -mm. No. No? Mm -mm. So this was like, yeah. Well, I mean, you asked me. It was me. nostalgic. <laughs> at, the, at the beginning, you were like, no, what are the characters' names again? Blair and Joe? And I'm like, oh, I was you them. needed to be reacquainted. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I really wanted to be a little bit more organic, you know? <laughs> 
Well, that's fine. Uh, yeah. So let's get into it. Let's get into okay, the synopsis of this episode, which we, how many times did we look at each other and laugh out loud and say, this is funny. Well, well yes. I mean, it is really such mm. a, um, I believe I brought up the writers earlier. I believe that's because I heard in one interview somewhere and I can't find it. I think this was kind of their thesis show. They didn't write the stuff about how do we get them into the circumstance, but it was, this is what we want the show to be. Okay. We've got the show about the characters. This is how clearly the characters are drawn. These are the types of things that will challenge their relationship and cause conflict. And this is how Mrs. Garrett will function as the referee Yep. and the, and the wise sage and all that. So I think... As the first Linda Marsh, Margie Peters episode that we're actually seeing, this is a home fucking run. And why? Can I, and can I let me just uh, um, pontificate on why I think it worked. Okay, go. I don't know the other episodes that you watched, mm-hmm. but for me, these characters were clearly defined. Yes. They were perfectly flawed. Mm-hmm. Their character descriptions were, okay, so you have Natalie who is self-deprecating. Yep. That's funny. Yeah. Self-deprecation is funny. Natalie, bam. You got Blair, who is the conceited, um, typical, stereotypical. Privileged. Privileged. White privilege. The, the P, big time. That P word that's come into our our society lately, privileged. It's and like, she was yep. just that. Then you've mm-hmm. got Joe from the other side, the wrong side of the tracks kind of attitude, but still has that compassionate and... Um, kind of voice well actually i think 2d is the voice of reason 2D, she seemed so, you she are had, so into 2d this episode i love 2d she love and it. natalie beautifully are one of the problems with season one was that they were trying to incorporate too many girls and give them all something to do mm-hmm. what this show did is the perfect example of how they could have fixed it is this is a blair and joe episode Period. Right. Tootie and Natalie are the window dressing. They are on the sidelines. They are cutting wisecracks that are crushing. They're perfect. Comedically. Yeah. And But they are not involved in it. Too and much. Yeah, there wasn't too much. Just enough. Yeah. Can I ask you this? Did the first season have, I think you said, different writers completely? Um, or... Do we know that? Some were the same. A couple were carryovers, but it had different showrunners. Okay. Linda Marsh and Margie Peters, who wrote this, were put in charge of it. It's weird because the credits for writers still confounds me. They're only listed as like story consultants Mm -hmm. or something, but I believe they ran the show. They're in all the interviews. Were the story runners from the first season, if you know this, were they men? Probably. Hmm. Very, very likely. With this, yeah. with this topic matter, I mean, yeah. I, I was stunned that they went, they went there. I, I would know? venture to say that it was, it was, you know, Norman Lear helped develop it, but mm-hmm. with how many girls were in little short shorts and tight t-shirts, and I was watching an interview, Felice Schachter, Schachter oh. who played Nancy. <laughs> in the first season was talking in an interview many years later that there was a point where they were able to hear like someone had flipped on a microphone that they shouldn't have or they picked up a headset and they overheard the male producers in the booth talking talking about the girls. Really? And she said very inappropriate for girls who are no older than 16 or 17. Wow, wow. That... That's great. That's, well, that is not shocking. Shocking, shocking uh, but not surprising. Shocking and not surprising okay. in the least yeah. for 1979, 1980. Jesus. The amount of, Megan and I talk about the amount of sexualization that happens with yeah. these girls. And um, we'll we'll get into it. <laughs> they got into it. They got into it. Hi, Hey. So our episode begins with 2D, Natalie, and Joe playing a game of Scrabble in the lounge room, Matthew Arter's favorite room, he uh, confessed, (laughs) with Mrs. Garrett looking on. And the sort of intro, we need a joke before the plot kicks in. We need some type of a funny thing. Right. And the joke is that Mrs. Garrett is kind of being a backseat driver and peeking over tiles and saying, I think I see something, but I don't know. um, <laughs> her shaky voice, like she's always yeah, been eighty-five, the, Catherine every, Hepburn. 
Everybody on this show does their bad Charlotte Ray impression, and I invite you oh. to join whenever you want. Oh, I, I, oh, like, I like to try the Scrabble game. Oh, <laughs> that's very Kate Hepburn, actually. It yeah. is. That's what I kept. It's I very, wrote it down. I said Catherine. Very Hepburn. Kate Hepburn. Yeah. I call her Kate because I don't know her at all. Yeah. Um, so they are complaining that Mrs. Garrett is interfering with the game. And I will say, Joe is having trouble finding a word. There are two words on the board, if you're watching. It's not like the board is full and we're running out of spaces and slots and possibilities. It's like, there are two words on the board, Joe. Come on. Come on. Work you, your magic. You're here on scholarship. You got a brain in your head. You can do you this. You got to be smart enough to find but, a word with more than three points. Yeah, Come on. I, exactly. Or just two. T-O, but B. Um, but that's not, that's not the important part of the episode. The important part begins when Blair walks in with a handsome-ish mm. boy on her arm. And he is dressed in classic preppy style with the sweater vest. Yeah. And he the, popped a collar. Yeah. And uh, yes, with the blazer over it. Oh, yeah. And uh, has a, a little bit of a comb over. Yeah, what's the hairstyle? Some, I'd like to see him today. I'm wondering if he still held on to that yeah. nice coiffed hair. His credits don't go past 87, so it seems like he got yeah. out of the business yeah. before the decade was done. I forget the actor's name. It was Grant something, but yeah. I looked to see. He just had a lot of little TV appearances, a dozen or so. Well, his name was Harrison Andrews. Yeah. Otherwise oh. known as Richie McRichalot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, PD privileged. <laughs> yep. We couldn't say Thurston Howell because they'd already used it. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, the hair is a little 270s for my taste. It's a little bit of a comb over going on and, and very blonde hair. They have him as very, the very Aryan, waspy, yes. privileged prep school boy. Sun-kissed hair. Uh, whom, uh, yeah, or, or bleach-kissed, bleach I think. Bleach-kissed, yeah. Uh, whom, we learn, has just recently returned to the country from Switzerland to go to Bates Academy, right. which is just a mile away from Eastland. Conveniently located to the all-girls academy. Exactly. And his family are, um, a ra- I guess, a-, a horse racers or something? Or race racers? Or, or did you breeders? get that? Breeders, maybe? I, I didn't catch what the family well, does. Well, I felt, because the one line that was said... Um, that I went, oh, well, good gravy, that's that's kind of racy, if you will, um, was, um, so, she said something about, oh, your parents are race horses or something, and, and, she, and uh, Blair said, better race horses than jackasses. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Beautiful went, line. Well, hello. What you are talking about is Blair says that she and Harrison have known each other since they were kids and their mothers are still friends, and oh. in many ways... It has been the dream of both of their families that the two of them would get together and combine their bloodlines. Oh, right. And then right. Joe they... says, what are you, people or racehorses? Horses. That was it. Okay, gosh, you have that's, a good memory. That's where the racehorses <laughs> comes in. Oh, and, my God. And then that's where Blair says, better horse than a jackass. So oh, oh, zing and zang. Zing and zang. Bam. Yeah. Already off to the beginning. I know. Um, <laughs> so he's come back from Switzerland. He's going to Bates now. And um, among the Blair kind of bragging on him and how fabulous he is and what an, what an eligible bachelor he is for a high school student, she points out that he has a Porsche. Yes. And uh, with his initials on the door. And uh, Joe <laughs> quickly jumps in and is like, oh, is it turbocharged? And then Blair says, no, he paid cash. <laughs> <laughs> But but another land. But frankly, it's funny. Yes, and they and their timing and yeah. and just yeah. And last week we had or two weeks ago we had, um, we're going to hotwire. You know, we can get the car. We'll we'll just hotwire it. And Blair says, "You don't need to hotwire it. It has a heater." <laughs> and <laughs> for writing to character, there were episodes in season one where Blair didn't know who the three Stooges were. She didn't know how to use a plunger. And it's like, no, that's yeah. not realistic. As opposed to Blair being the pretty girl who has the money but doesn't know stuff about cars and motorcycles. That is good yes. character stuff that is organic and believable. She's not going to get her hands dirty. We get that. We yeah. see her. We immediately, you know, oh, no, she's not yeah. the kind of, everyone else does that, not her. Yeah, got it. Yeah, plausible is yeah. the word I love. Um, so very quickly, Joe... And he start talking car talk. 
yeah. and engine talk. And Joe's like, with the engine in your car, my bike, my my bike could outrun your car. And he's like, what? And there's very quickly some sort of uh, little interplay going on here. Yeah, like they have this thing in com. Well, this thing in common. Yeah, and, and then but, and we didn't. Even, I didn't even. I didn't see the foreshadowing. You, you know, didn't. That, that may have happened. Oh. Other than the fact that oh, I get that he's he's grooving on her babosity. Yeah, but. I oh I I thought he was a well-intentioned young man just as Mrs. Garrett did. Yes. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. We're <laughs> gonna find out. All oh. is not as it appears. No. Um. So then, Joe, they have to go. Mrs. Garrett is like, "You've got to get ready for dinner." Remember, we still work here. We're doing a lot of lounging around for three girls who feed an entire school three meals a day. Um. So she says, "Let's get busy. Let's get ready." So Blair says, "I've got to go." start getting to work i'll be right back the girls kind of hop to it but he kind of lags behind and asks joe so you know what uh, what are you doing kind of a thing joe joe says uh, right i gotta get my work done because i got other plans for later sure and he's like so what are your other plans and she's like oh, i was just gonna go to the arcade and hang out and he's like oh well, what would you think if i showed up at the arcade and Joe was like, well, it's a free country. I couldn't have you forcibly removed. Right. Kind and of he a did, thing. He, she didn't mean anything by it. She yeah. She just thought, okay. But then let's not forget about Mrs. Garrett and how I think she's a little cougar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, was kind, she was kind of grooving on him. She was like, hello, yeah. Harrison so, Andrews. When he says goodbye. Yes. yes. He um, kisses her hand. And I thought, oh, ooh, maybe that's kind of gross. No, Mrs. Garrett was kind of into it. And do you remember what she said? Um, no, I didn't write that down, David. <laughs> she said, you must do that again. I mean, you must come back again. again. <laughs> but yeah, no, we get beautiful Charlotte Ray. The, the subtler reactions from Charlotte Ray are usually the more successful ones. I love her. Um, so then we... Um, Mrs. Garrett, oh, Blair comes back and is like, well, where did he go? And she's like, oh, he already said goodbye. He took off. And she's like, oh, well, good. They're like, you can stop. Um, you can stop. Tootie says you can unglue the smile from your face, Blair. Right. And so Blair's like, oh, crap. He left without saying goodbye. So yeah. Blair drops it that she's putting on a little bit she, of an um, act. And by the way, she said crud. Oh, crud. I'm sorry. Yeah. Crud. Yeah, Blair would never crud. say crap. No. She says yeah. jackass, but you yeah. know, not <laughs> crap. Crud. I love that. I'm like, she said crud. Crud. I'm pretty yeah. sure I used to say crud. That's that's Joe rubbing off on her. Yeah, a little But what we find out is that uh, he left before he had a chance to ask Blair to the cotillion at the country club. Yes, the cotillion. Uh, country the country club. What an interesting uh sitcom trope of the country club. Yes, I agree. I, I know they do exist. We have a couple of them in Winter Park, Florida, where yeah. rich people live. We had a country clubs um, where I where I grew up in southern New Hampshire. We had um, uh, Hampton, Hampton. I can't remember the names of them right now, actually. Oh, Hampshire Hills. Hampshire Hills. Was, yes, was um, the, up on the hill. It was a country club. And I worked at it, actually, in the mm-hmm. uh, restaurant. I was I flipped burgers, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, we had another country club uh down the road for me that was you know had a golf course and and, yeah, and whatnot. yeah i affiliate them as being typically attached to a, a golf course type of thing right and um but it's it is interesting how it is a very convenient way to attach status to a character that a character is a member of a country club right very quickly so there is this cotillion happening and blair was expecting him to ask her and in a great exchange she says um, uh, after he's come all this way, I can't believe he didn't ask me before he left. Yeah. And Mrs. Garrett says, <laughs> Blair, are you saying that he changed schools and changed countries just to take you to a dance? And Blair responds. Yeah, she says, others have or something, yes, right? They have before. They have before. <laughs> and I went, oh my God. And perfect. And Blair is dead serious. Lisa yeah. Welch's commitment. She's not playing or <laughs> she's like, they have before. Like, yeah. Wow, and that, that's, yeah, that's no different from. Yeah. There. Yeah. And I think you just hit something. Their commitment to their characters. I don't know if that's, um, I'm, I'm assuming the director was, was really good at his job or her job mm-hmm. um, directing them um, and being very character specific about who they are and how they are motivated and they and they all did the work because yeah. you can tell you can tell 
that she knew exactly who she was. Yeah. Whether I don't even know her background, but I completely believe that she was from this crazy background of, yeah. of being this white privileged kid yeah. that grew up rich. And um and, and I'm impressed by that. And their, you know, again, their comic delivery and their commitment to their character was was uh, quite quite impressive the whole time. True. I was thinking. And one of the reasons why we have these girls and not the others from season one was because they were the standouts. They're the ones whose characters gelled, who the actresses clearly could handle the material. And um, you, as, as a fellow actor, you know when you have better material, we automatically are better at what we do. Sure. The writer, it does start from the writers. We, yeah. it, it is not on us to... You know, it's on us to flesh out a character, but to create the basics of a character and their attitude and their point of view in a sitcom setting where it's ongoing, that's really on the writers. Well, we've seen we've seen movies. I can't think of any right now off the top of my head, but we've seen movies. We've seen even television series where if the writing ain't good, Mm -mm. even though the actors are amazing, you're not going to get it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's not going to be good. Nobody's going to want to watch it. So the writing for this specific show i thought was was brilliant mm-hmm. and uh and quite again progressive a- agreed and then blair says this is your beautiful foreshadowing some would argue a little unsubtle blair says i am sure of two things i am going to marry money and i am going to the country club cotillion tomorrow night and end like, of scene. Do, do, do. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, no, I wonder not. if something's going to happen I that wonder. that doesn't come to pass. What will happen? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, apparent. And that's okay because they have like 23 minutes or 25 minutes yeah. to, 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 to do this. The yeah, story. we got to really keep it moving here. Quite impressive, actually. Yeah. And then um, now we're back in to the Scrabble game. It's right. a little bit later. The girls are all playing Scrabble. Joe is not there. So this is later the same night. Mm-hmm. And Joe is at the arcade. She's doing her plans. All the rest of the girls are there. And Blair is coming out of her skin waiting for the phone to ring. What is happening? Why isn't this gentleman calling me yeah. so I can go to the cotillion? This is embarrassing. And another nice character flaw thing mm-hmm. where it's like Blair Blair waiting by the phone mm. for a guy to call her. That's a little more dimensional than we used to have mm. before. Yeah. But I think the, the show plausibly Right presents the fact that this isn't just any boy this is a family friend this is where the families may have designs on them having a future together there are expectations there yeah for her yeah exactly because he moved the expectation was well he's gonna ask me to this dance and it's like well what the what the hell yeah and so she has a lot riding on this other than just wanting to go to the cotillion because she could have found another date but i think it's the idea it's like it was a foregone conclusion that he was her date and you know yeah we'll see so Joe comes back from the arcade and they're like, oh, oh, we do have some fun with Mrs. Garrett and the words and Tootie and Natalie, et cetera. Yeah. Um, then Joe comes back from the arcade and they're like, oh, did you have a good time? That's great and everything. And she says, ah, oh, and Blair, your friend was there. He wouldn't leave me alone. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? He was stuck to me like flies on a no pest strip. No pest strip. That immediately for <laughs> me, David, brought back... The basement of my house mm-hmm. with a fly strip. <laughs> there was so much nostalgia in just this one episode that it made me giddy. Because you grew up in a shithole. <laughs> really oh did. no! Is that no? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I misread that. Sorry. I said the basement. The basement. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was so much nostalgia. Just um... oh, a no pest strip. That's a very 1980 oh. term. I don't oh, yeah. think that those exist, but that's just a brand name for. Uh, fly paper. Fly it's literally paper. fly paper that you yeah, had. We had one in our basement yeah. where the fly, it was gross. Yeah. And um, I mean, that, uh, some of the things that were nostalgic, just um, w- what they were wearing, um, Blair had was rocking her Gloria Vanderbilt jeans. Oh my God. Rocking it with the little swan on the pocket. Yeah. I was like, I had a pair of those. Yes. And Tootie had these little things in her hair. They were bows, but they were made out of um the thick yarn yarn that thick yeah yarn. those were so popular yeah oh thank and you. those are actually in the next scene the the following night when the cotillion's going on that's when we have dressed oh, yeah. we're, we're we're getting a little ahead of I'm ourselves sorry, it excited me it we have this funny. no the nostalgia that's a beautiful thing because i want to talk more about that I love it. um so what happens is joe says he he kept asking me if i wanted to go to this thing tomorrow night and blair's like what 
thing tomorrow. Oh. And so it becomes very clear that they that he is has asked Joe to the cotillion. Yeah. While Blair was sitting home by the phone, and they beautifully build this scene where Blair starts off with kind of a <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Why would and Joe he was like you? Why don't you think so? He asked me. And clearly, and she's like, well, you would never go to that. And she's like, uh, yes, I would. And I happen to have an invitation, unlike you. Mm. And it escalates. And Joe, uh, who graciously at the beginning says, oh, if you wanted to go, then pff, you can have him. I don't, you know, I don't want to. But wanna... then she realizes that she's being questioned for her status. Yeah. And it's it's immediate that you go, well, of course, I would probably react that way too. I'd be like, hell, I'm just as good as you. Yeah. Yeah. Joe graciously. But and who wants she, to go to that stinky thing anyway? Both, yeah. You know? And appropriately says, oh, I, you know, I don't know anything about these cotillions, but I know about other people's turf, I think is how these, and it's like, that is perfect street talk for the character of Joe. Oh, he is your turf. I am not going to invade your turf. Right. And so then Blair lashes back and then Joe's response is, hey, I said you can have him. I'm being nice here. And then Mrs. Garrett <laughs> jumps in between them and is like, she is Blair. She's really She's being trying. nice. Please don't fight. <laughs> this is going to get nasty. <laughs> Mrs. Garrett, the referee. The referee who then uh. becomes the god. Fairy godmother, yes. right? We're yes. getting to that, yeah, too. So she's too. a referee, and then she becomes... Then her status changes to fairy godmother. It's We have beautiful, beautiful um, uh, simile and metaphor to come after it. the commercial break. Yeah. So the, um, the act break before we go to commercial ends with Joe is like, I am going, fuck you, Blair. Yeah. Fuck off. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. This is the, I know. Yeah. <laughs> li- just a little bit yeah. though. And major conflict. This is major conflict conf- This is a big deal. And they're high school girls. This is a dance. And who takes to the dance? This is important to it's them. Very important. It is appropriately important to them, even though we as adults are like, come on. And their but, hormones are raging. I mean, yeah, what's going to happen, you know, David? Exactly. They're being ogled by their producers who are standing off camera masturbating. Oh, and, God. Oh, God. Yeah. It's a tough environment to grow up. But it is. And Mrs. Garrett can't be a ref for every moment no. of that whole thing. That's no, terrible. Not at all. Poor Mrs. So, Garrett. A lot of pressure. Act break and and scene. We go mm-hmm. to commercial. Yeah. So now, while we're at commercial, this is my chance to get oh. to know my guest a little bit. This is where we do a little getting to know you, Jody Chase. Hi, David. So we have known each other for the better part of a decade now, as we have worked together at the Citizens of Hollywood. Yeah. And we knew each other socially before that. Not quite a decade. Not quite. Yeah. I came in in 2011. Right. And I had been there since 1949. 40. Yeah, so <laughs> at least it felt that way. No. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you been with the Citizens of Hollywood? Uh, well, I started in 2000. Mm-hmm. And then I went away for like four or five years uh, to do another show. Mm-hmm. But was there, you know, sporadically whenever they needed me. And then yeah. I came back full time 2006. Okay. And, You've been uh, there yeah. a long time. Oh my girl. gosh. And yeah, you were one of the staples there were there were many people who had been there a long time when i came in in 2011 and we're talking about the interactive uh wacky characters you find on the streets of disney's hollywood studios right and um so that's how i met you and we very quickly bonded over the fact that we are close in age i grew up in massachusetts and you grew up in new hampshire southern new hampshire we start talking new england are you kidding me what what where, are we talking where about? Where did you park the car? I went to Back Bay. Where did your father park the car? Where are we going <laughs> to park the car? I'm going to park it for the market. We're going to go to the flea market. <laughs> the sweet potatoes are a dollar thirty-five. Oh shoot, are they that expensive? Yeah, they are. It's ridiculous. Wicked. The prices are wicked high now. Oh my god, they, they are. But they taste with wicked piss up. They are. <laughs> yeah, and at one point I was at Costco and they had these little craft things, crafty stuff inside a clear plastic jar, and it was called an art jar. So I texted a photo to you, and I'm like, Jody, where are the art, art jars? It was perfect. That's how like, my family. That's how our families. Would have oh said yeah, it. and you know, being from from New Hampshire, our accents are even just slightly different. Yeah, just slightly different. But oh yeah. just, But I know. 
you know, we all know how we, you know, we speak, what, what our what yeah, our language is. Because, we understand. You know, we know what a bubbler is. We know what a bubbler is. A bubbler. A bubbler. That's a water fountain for yep. people who live everywhere else. So tell me, Jody, where did you, we know you grew up in New Hampshire, where did you uh, study performance? Mm-hmm. What brought you to Orlando? And um, yeah, just a quick, give me the quick mic tour of your life that brought you to quick here thing. as a full-time actress in the Central Florida area. Yay! Majored in theater at Plymouth State University in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, left there and I did my first dinner theater mm-hmm. in um, Providence, Rhode Island. Oh. Moved to Boston, did some stuff there, and then I auditioned for a place called King's Dominion in Virginia. Oh, yeah. I've and heard of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a theme park, and yeah. that kind of started my theme park career. Mm-hmm. So I, I did some voiceover work up there, so I was doing things that I, I dabbled in, you know, theater and, and all that stuff. And you had a band? You were you were. A, I was the lead sang, singer in a band. You yeah. sang in a band in college. You unearthed some YouTube videos. Oh, God. Recently that were just Luckless amazing. Luckless Pedestrians was the name. What were they called? Luckless Pedestrians. <laughs> it's from Bless. a Steely, uh, Steely Dan song. Is it? Yeah. And yeah, it was great. I loved it. And we toured around and I sang and stuff. And then, um, yeah, and then I moved to Virginia and uh, worked with a guy named Bob Brandenburg. Bob Brandenburg. I love Future him. guest of this podcast. Yes. I don't know if he knows that. Oh, I he hope will you be. do. He will be. He was my director. Ah. And he created a character named Darla Bouguer. And uh, and I played that character. And mm-hmm. then I also hosted the show for Nickelodeon, uh, is you know, live show. And then he encouraged me to move down to Orlando. Mm-hmm. So he really is the person that encouraged me to move here. And at that point, I, you know, I was like, yeah. It's work. Fuck that yeah. That sounds amazing. Anyone says that, you, yeah. you, you go. You're young. I, and I you're, had yeah. nothing, you know, to, you know, hold me back. So I was like, all right, I'll mm-hmm. go. And so that that's what brought me down here. I auditioned for Universal. Uh, studios and I got um, the horror makeup show right away and uh-huh. then I um, auditioned for Disney and I got um, a couple shows there and that's what's kept me here of course I was one of those people which I'm sure a lot of people are I'm only going to be there for a year yeah. and then I'm moving to New York and or I'm moving I'm, to LA I'm doing the Broadway yes Guess what do you still have uh, aspirations to do that do no. you still no, no? fuck You're... it no. staying here <laughs> I got a mortgage that ship has sailed <laughs> Well, the, the, you you have a mortgage. You also have a, a, a wonderful byproduct of your time at Horror Makeup Show. Yes, that, yes, because I mar- I met my husband there. You did the yeah. wonderful John Pelkey. He's pretty fun. Also, a future guest of this podcast. Oh, good. Oh, he I, he's funny. Yeah. No, I think I think we've discussed it somewhere. I think it did come up. I He'd love that. Yeah. And so you have got the wonderful John. You've got the mortgage. And the other thing about you that mm-hmm. so many people know you for is that you run a pet rescue. Mm-hmm. A Better Life Pet Rescue. Thank you for saying the A. Yeah. A lot of people just say Better Life Pet Rescue. And I'm like, well, yeah. I put the A there because I want to be first. Alphabetically. You got it. Yes. So... The A is important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a better animals life. are important to you. Yeah, they're all right, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, they bring they're me delicious. joy, and they, they're delicious. Yes, and they, yeah, I love I love dogs and cats, and I just I I, I rescue them. Yeah, I and save you lives. Post things, and you post pictures of of pets looking for forever homes, and uh, friends of yours. Our hearts break on a regular basis. <laughs> Sorry, on a frequent and constant basis, but. That you do this and you do find homes for I these I do pretty well. Pets. And then the website is betterlifepets.com. Dot com. Yeah. So it's like possessive. Better ah, Life Pets. Better Life Pets. Yeah. These yes. are the Better Life Pets. Nice. And yeah. you can, you're also on Facebook. Where I'm on the you, book of the face. On the, on the face place. I have a and Better Life Pet Rescue on Facebook. Like my page, please. Yes, please do. And you can see. And if you want to, if you are in Orlando and want to adopt a pet, Jody is the lady to talk to. Pretty good. I can point you in the right direction even if I don't. I, I usually get the dogs and cats that are a little bit more challenging mm-hmm. to place, not because they're horrible or whatever, but um, they're the ones that uh, go to Jody, she'll help you kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. And I it's won't like, I won't turn anyone away that you're, wants you're to. You're the Mrs. Yeah. Garrett to the pet community. I you am. solve Bring me your pussies <laughs> and your puppies, please. I'll take care <laughs> of them. <laughs> and when I die, I'll haunt you. I'll haunt you. If uh, the I've got to make a compilation of all the Mrs. Garrett impressions that I've been on this show. I'm sure, there's a lot better than oh. mine, but I I just loved her. I was watching it, and I'm going, she did. She, I mean, that's just she sounded like she was 87 years old yeah. perpetually. Do how how old do you think she is? 
Okay, I was yes. going to ask you that. I know. This is very funny. Okay, now my guess would be that she was like 65, <laughs> but I know that's not the case. Okay, so I'm going to guess because I know it's kind of like, I cannot believe she's that age. I'm going to guess 52. 54. Okay. Yeah. She she's seemed four years older than I am right crap. now. Holy crap. And five yeah. years older than me. Yeah. So that is crazy to me because mm. she seemed like, like I was being generous yeah. with the actual age. Yeah, like not I was generous. Like, no, generous. no, not generous because generous would be like, oh, yeah, generous like, a little yeah. bit. So but yeah, she is. She's a heavy smoker now. That's one thing that is known about Charlotte Ray. She was always a heavy smoker. The girls. That was one thing the girls never liked was that she was always smoking. Well, if that doesn't give you a reason to quit smoking, yeah. She. I know at, she only lived to be what ninety four. She when did, she but, died last year. But quality over quantity. Yeah, she was still kick. I mean, I'm, no, she was I'm great. not advocating smoke. I hate smoking. Yeah, but too. it's like she's one of those where you're like. Jeebus for a heavy smoker and she she's she well, maybe internally but she she looked older she oh looked god older. oh yeah, yeah. no the look um there are times when my sister and i both do that thing of looking in the mirror i was like oh my god i'm looking ancient compared to i don't you know that yeah i sent my sister a, a screen grab of nancy walker on the mary tyler moore show the right. first time she ever appeared as ida morgenstern when it was Mary Tyler Moore, oh, Rhoda's mom is in yes. town. It's Nancy Walker. She was like 48. Oh, no. And you look at Nancy and like, you're like, she looks like she's 60. Even even Nancy Walker at her youngest in 19, this is like 71 probably. Right. When she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. It's like. But everybody looked like, like that. You look at um, Humphrey Bogart yeah. way back in the, and they smoked. They were they perpetual smokers. And they had them. that skin that, you know, anyway, mm -hmm. it was just, yeah. yeah. So no, it anyway. ages. If, if, if it doesn't kill you, it'll age you. <laughs> exactly. So if you can't appeal to your health, we'll appeal to your vanity. Don't That's smoke, kids. Right. Stay in drugs. Don't do school. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was great. I liked, That's fun. I, I, I love the chance to chat. There are friends that I don't know their background. You, I know a little better. We know. Yeah. And all that. But yeah. yeah. And uh, just to... That. Fun to, similarity too of 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 location, you know, because we're both from the same area. Yeah, and it's just it's just a. I love gabbing with you when I see you because it's so much nostalgia. We always go there. Child World, Bradley. When I first mentioned Child World to you, oh your brain stopped. It was on set. We, we were, were on performing. set. We were doing a bit. I was, um, I was with my friend Holden Hollywood. Yes. And your friend Paige Turner was right. following around, being his lackey, and. Holden said, okay, we have a lot of shopping to do, Paige Turner. We have many stores we have to go to. We have to go to Caldor, Ames, <gasps> Bradley's, Gilchrist, Leechmere. Mm -hmm. Riches. Riches, Kings. Child World. That's the one I, that put me but then, but then at the end, Holden said, and if you're good and we get everything done... I'll take you to Child World. And I crumbled into <laughs> into the fetal position. You mean in the your middle. friend Paige Turner? Your friend. And my friend Paige, Paige Turner, Turner crumbled into a fetal position type <laughs> thing. I was back in the womba she, and I went, <laughs> I cannot believe you yeah. know that. And yeah. And how many times as kids were we set? Did, was it said if you're good? If you're good, we'll go to Child World, and you can, and we'll get you a toy. That was like the that was the brass ring. Of, I okay. never went to Child World, by the way. I never. You never, I never went. You were, you were a bad, bad kid. I was a naughty girl. Oh no! No, no, I went. I was a good kid. Well, mm. speaking of good kids, yes, I love good segues back oh, to the show. Oh, listen to that! So we've come back from our commercials. Think of a commercial off the top of your head. What was a commercial from the era that you might have seen in 1980? Um, uh, the uh, uh, parquet. parquet. Parquet butter. Butter. Parquet. And she'd open it up and it would say, butter, parquet, butter. butter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait. And then they'd taste it and then yep. say, ooh, it's smooth. It's creamy. <gasps> you are butter. butter. And yeah. then you'd open it and go, parquet. parquet. <laughs> I fooled you. <laughs> I fooled you. Yeah. And Margarine, by the way. Back to the love boat. <laughs> and then meanwhile. Yeah. Fantasy Island. <laughs> and the funny thing about, about, uh, about margarine, margarine is white. They have to put artificial food coloring into margarine to make it the color of butter because it's so white. It looks disgusting. like Crisco. We would not eat it if it was if it was white. However, Mrs. Garrett, she lived to be ninety, and she lived she, on, on that shit. She did. <laughs> she should have done a commercial. When I want to spread a form of lard on my bread, and I'm gonna smoke my cigarette, and drink my coffee, and dump my Dunkin' Donuts in my crawler. 
When I inhale my camel cigarette smoke, <laughs> with no I need, filter, I need something to lubricate my aorta. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Oh my god. Oh lord. That gave me a visual that I can never forget. It's fantastic. That visual is of all the women that would sit in my mom's hair salon. Oh yeah. That was attached to my house, by the way. My mom was a hairstylist. Oh. Her 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 salon was called Hair Natural. Uh, it was anything but natural. No. Um with the perms and the the curlers and whatnot. And they would smoke their cigarettes. Oh god, yes. Oh yeah. With their permanent rods in their in their hair. Um or their there's um frosting caps. My mother used to pull and, and under the, the domes, the hair dryer. Mm-hmm. We had three of those. Things. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Back to the show. Uh, no, that's awesome. Yeah. That's That, that, that explains a lot about you. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, my if, yeah, <laughs> permanent not just Not just the solution. nicotine, but also the hairspray inhalation that clearly shaped you yes. as an adult. And yeah. the permanent solution. Yeah. Oh, the, oh the my smell. God, that smelly permanent solution. Oh, yeah. Solution. Wafting through my house Crazy. all the time with the cigarette smoke. Yeah. Yes. Delightful. So we come back from commercial. Mm-hmm. And in case you missed it, in case you tuned in late, they restate the whole episode and they do it beautifully. They do. But, you know, a little bit, you know, not not clumsily, but clearly expositionally. Tootie literally says, wow, Blair, who would have thought Joe would be going to the big cotillion instead of you? That's good improv recall kind of stuff. Yeah, that was really good. Hello. And then uh, she and Natalie, so they're, they're timing together. Their chemistry, when they're like, this is great. Joe yeah. is getting to go to the cotillion. She's getting changed right now. It's like Cinderella going to the ball. And they say, all we're missing is a wicked stepsister. And they both stop and, and look, look at, at Blair. Blair. And the, the timing is impeccable. It's perfect. So uh, Blair, you did point out that Blair is wearing the Gloria Vanderbilt jeans oh, here. Oh my gosh. And you point, what is is a, a bird? A swan. A swan. And yeah, and you're like, oh, maybe Jordash. I said, no, those are Gloria Vanderbilt's. I had that exact same pair. <laughs> um, I filled them out differently because um, I, I was really tiny. I was you super tiny. Um, you, you, you kind of still are. Well, I, I, I'm chubbier and I don't mind. Don't I like, stop. As my husband says, I'm more curvaceous. That's mm-hmm. why I'm still married to him. Um, but um, those Gloria Vanderbilt jeans were huge, huge. And oh, God, yeah. Loved it. I was like, there's nostalgia right there. And oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I could, yeah, it was great. I loved yeah. it. No, she was one of the big names in the 70s mm-hmm. and now into the 80s as far as, you know, Gloria Vanderbilt and, and Halston right. and uh, Jordash and uh, all. Yeah. They yeah. Were, and Wrangler. Rang, Rang, <laughs> Levi. Lee, Lee Jean. Lee, Lee. Levi, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, Joe comes in, they do kind of the reveal. Here she comes, here's Joe, and she's in this beautiful, as Blair points out, a peasant, peasant dress. dress. But but a lovely, it's got a little Ren fair kind of a vibe to it. It did. But it's blue, a good color for her. Yes, yes. And um, I... She had a little updo kind of thing going on. Yeah, they like pulled her, her ponytail up, they gave her a little bit of more height, they put a little I mean, curve, not Mrs. Garrett curl. updo. No, Mrs. not the Garrett Mrs. Garrett that updo, look, she never cut her hair, which oh. was fantastic. And, and in season one, it was massive. It was like they were trying to add a foot to her height. This Cl- is this yeah. is tame. For Mrs. Garrett, what you're seeing is like understated. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to yeah, look the that bun, up. Cause... The hair in the bun thing was always problematic. It's like you could, there's always more flattering Get options. Get a snoot or something. Jeez. Yeah, a snoot. <laughs> 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 Looking like Ernestine from Laughing. Laughing, yeah. Lily Tomlin. Um, so Joe comes in. She looks really lovely. They've done yeah. a good job. Blair is... Of feminizing her. Uh, exactly. Blair is still beside herself and unhappy about the situation. Oh, boy. Um, Poor Blair. Blair leaves, and then Joe has that wonderful juxtaposition moment where she sits down in the dress, crosses her legs, and you see she's still wearing... Nasty a, sneakers. A beat-up pair of Converse All-Stars. Oh, boy. I think in green. It looked like she had just mowed the lawn with them on. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. And, and hilarious. Yes. Make no mistake. And it Hilarious. was great. I mean, really honest timing. This, like, I expected this to be a mocking of the show to some degree. Oh, yeah. No. No. I mean, it was a well-produced, executed show. And that was one of the moments where the comic timing was right there. But bam. And I, I thought it was hysterical. I laughed. I, I There was a lot of moments in this 25 minutes that I laughed out loud. Yeah. Genuinely. Together, Not, we did. Absolutely. And I, I didn't find myself laughing 
because it was hokey. Yeah. No, we were unironically, we were finding this show funny because it's good and funny now. Mm -hmm. Um, And the last bit in this scene is, um, I forget what the line is, but Mm -hmm. it ends up with, oh, Joe is like, oh, I don't have any good shoes. You see, this was a bad idea. Mrs. Garrett, I happen to have a perfect pair of shoes. Because she's the fairy godmother. And then she takes a wooden spoon and kind of... Gives her like a fairy wand zap to say, let's go get them across the way. And I'm like, has Mrs. Garrett had a wooden spoon in her hand for this entire scene? (laughs) I wasn't paying attention, but it's like, okay, that's a little imposed. (laughs) Okay, the kitchen's downstairs. If you were, what were you mixing a pot of in your bed? I thought you were helping Joe get dressed. What the fuck did you have a wooden spoon for? Some soup or a brew or something for the children. (laughs) (laughs) We were making chowder. Um, so then we get to uh, the next scene. We're still in the bedroom here. And at this point, Tootie and Natalie are kind of goading Blair. They're kind of, they're poking, they're poking the Blair in the cage. <laughs> you see oh, what I did there? Oh, nice. But they're kind of like, oh, she's probably dancing now. She's probably, they're like, they're imagining all of this. All this beautiful like, stuff that they're missing, but she's experiencing. Uh-huh. Happy for their friend. Yeah. And then Little Blair, and, and then fine. And then they're also saying, and wow, Blair, you're holding it together. Well, <laughs> considering he asked Joe instead of you, considering, yeah. pfft, he basically dumped you. He stood you up. He like mm-hmm. they kind of do it not maliciously. No, but you know but they're having fun. They're putting her in her place. They're having fun. She, and this because it, it, they tease her a lot. I'm sure they do in the other episodes, but this was real. Yeah, like yeah. and and it's rare you have reason to honestly. Yeah. Blair is in so many ways untouchable. It's very rare that Blair is cut down like this. Right. So, um, but why are they doing that? That's good writing. They're setting this whole thing up. Bingo. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And then Blair does finally have a breakdown. She's like, I'm fine. This isn't, why her? Why not me? And she ends up face down on the bed, kicking and screaming. Right. And, uh, dude, he says, What are we supposed to do? And, and Natalie says, Do like they do in the movie, slap her across the, the face. face. <laughs> Knock her out of it. <laughs> and even that, that's not even that's not even particularly a joke. It's just referential. And yet it's funny. It is. Because yeah. the, Natalie just delivers it so, yeah, so beautiful. She's, she's great. So while she's having a having her fit and they're trying to now comfort her. Right. Um, we cut to the hallway. And yes. Joe walks back in. Absolutely. Looking disheveled. Mm-hmm. One shoe in her hand. Yes. And she sort of listens at the door. But then she goes across the way to Mrs. Garrett's room. Mm-hmm. In Mrs. Garrett's room, Mrs. Garrett is doing some sort of payroll. Payroll. She she's the dietitian. Why does she have a? She has an electronic calculator with a you know a printing string of tape right. that she's typing. So is she counting calories. Is she is she what budgeting? Is she? I guess she's budgeting for the food for the for the menu of the oh, school. That could be it. Yeah. I guess that's it. But it's well, like tick 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 tick. I'm like oh. Yeah, I guess because I uh, let's let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Give the show the benefit of the doubt that, as a dietitian, it is part of your job is to work within a budget. Sure. And so I guess we'll we'll give her that and say. So Joe comes <laughs> into the room and let me let you. I've been I talk too much as I say every show. So let's have you talk. Tell me, tell us about what happens okay. when Joe comes into the room. So she's looking. Obviously, something has happened. Mm-hmm. There has been a turn of events. There wasn't a lot of dancing going on, if you know what I mean. I don't think she was doing. Let's see, the, the um, I'm trying to think of dances back then, and the, the, the minuet the, or yes, the, uh, the the um the shuffle or whatever. You know, the hustle. That's it. The hustle. No, there was some type of hustling going on. There was a hustle, but not the dance. And this is where this whole hashtag Me Too, um, this very progressive moment happens, where you realize she was sexually assaulted. She was coerced and she was almost date raped and yes I and mean, she literally says i was thrown into a ditch yeah and he was trying to do things to me mm-hmm. and of course mrs garrett was extremely comforting yet you're you're in this moment where it's re- and and joe is cry- like she is an excellent actress we are she was genuinely crying yes it was a very um um sweet yet um concerning moment that you really felt for her for how much we have we know of joe which mm-hmm. is very little at this point this is yeah. her third episode so to have there That's be crazy. this moment of vulnerability not just where she admits to mrs garrett that 
the guy danced her through the cotillion right. to the golf course behind it, threw her into one of the sand pits yep. and was all over her and trying to have his way with he her. He was the designated driver on that golf course. Hi-oh! Sheboygan. She, she says to... Now, this is the moment where I went, damn, you know, they can still create comedy with this poignant moment. And the, and the, and the what she said was, um, Joe says, a guy with his background, he's supposed to be a gentleman. And then Mrs. Garrett says... Why? Because he can uh, yodel in three languages. <laughs> yes. And you and we laugh. Yeah. But yet you are still feeling for yeah. her. And, and it was. And that's a reference to he. I think he was in Switzerland. That's the other exactly. country he moved back from. So there was a yodeling joke beforehand. Right. Um. But the point where it's not just Joe saying and admitting to Mrs. Garrett, you know, my feelings are hurt. I right. was deceived. But Joe talks about how. It would have been so nice. I She kind of had her own... The fact that Joe has a little bit of a Cinderella dream yep. to her. And her saying and ending it with, I wanted you to be proud of me. Yes. That was so lovely. That and, really got to me. Uh, I went, oh, she just really... I don't yeah. know. I can't remember her background with her family and whatnot. She's, she's like got a, a bad background. She's from the Bronx. And like her dad is in... We learn her dad's in prison. We think we don't know that yet. That's a secret she's oh. keeping. Oops. Spoilers. Right. Um, mm. But... It's just, no, she's a tough girl from the street and was getting into some bad stuff when her mother put her into Eastland to try and help keep her safe from safe. Uh, the bad influences in her life. So so she has that genuine exterior that is, yeah. you know, oh, I get who she is, but yet she has, you know, that soft interior that it's it's a it's a perfectly flawed character. It is dimensional. And this is, if you look on, on the website for the show for season two, episode one, the commercial that got her this job was the producer saw her do that Hallmark commercial where she opens up a card and says to her dad, I never knew you felt like that. Uh, and, you know, and, and I think she says it's it's a cheesy ass commercial. Yeah. Then, I'm going to keep it well, forever. Hallmark. At least Hallmark's consistent. It was Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah. But she's like, I'm going to keep it forever and stuff. But she does that thing of the amount of emotion she brings to a 30 second commercial. Mm-hmm. They were like, who is she? Right. We could use her. Genuine. And this is where she unleashes those powers of she her does. being able to drum up the, turn on the waterworks and, and even cry. with her, like her, her, her street accent, that's a little, you know, like, okay, it's a little put on. Yeah. But, but I like st- it. Yeah, yeah, I do too. No, I do too. Yeah, but it's the, the softing of the D's and the T's. Yeah. It's, it's a, it is it's sometimes obvious. inconsistent, but yeah. you know, but it, she, again, it's in the performance. But you still she like, is not. I'm there with you, kid. Yeah. I get it. You, yeah. You had a tough time. Yeah. You, you had a tough time of it. Exactly. You know? And and she's not, she's acting, she's acting, she's not relying on the dialect to drive her character. So right. we don't mind as much. No. But the point is, and we're still in a sit- situation comedy. So this mm-hmm. point where Mrs. Garrett is being beautifully supportive. So Joe is crying in her arms and she says, oh, Joe, Harrison put you in a terrible position tonight. Ooh. I, I mean, uh. <laughs> yeah, this is what she said. So good at funny, that. organically funny, Organic. organically funny. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. not a contrived. Okay, we have to figure out a way for her to say something funny. No, totally works. And what made it even better was the look that that the yeah, Joe uh, gives Joe her the reaction. Her, yeah, but not. It was really like sweet. Yeah. Is a sweet moment. Like yeah, uh, you know, and and not making this... light of the situation, making light of the words. Yeah, and like yeah. the silliness of it. And in this beautiful scene, like I said, we watch Nancy McKeon unleash her superpowers, followed by uh, Charlotte Ray doing the same, where when she gets into nurturing mother mode, look the fuck out. She is so good. And she assures Joe that, you know what? He, He put you in that terrible position, so to speak, but you handled it with dignity and grace and class. Class. And she says, though part of me wishes you'd just hauled off and hit him. And then Joe says, oh, I did that. My, that that's where the, the other, other shoe, shoe is. Yeah. That's it. That was it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and the audience her timing applauds. Was, her timing was much better than mine. Um, yes. And the audience applause. The audience applause. They are so happy to that's know. That's not canned. That yeah. was real applause. Yeah. And true to the character. I wouldn't have believed Joe would have put up with that and just run away screaming. It's like, no, she absolutely Even though it was that. shocking for someone, any woman or young lady to have experienced that. You know, you expect her to be the one to haul off and hit him. 
yet you still see her vulnerable side where if she hadn't done that and just ran that would have been okay as well you know and and you're yeah but but then she surprises you with it yeah you know i agree yeah and so yeah even though you expected it you you didn't expect that you know and i that i that's just good writing and good and and appropriate and right as far as we've just had this super vulnerable moment where she's in tears Mm -hmm. but she's still our fucking joe that's right that is what was so lovely she's not gonna let us down that is so wonderful okay um so then we go back to the bedroom across the way. Oh, boy. And Blair is in full on, why would he ask her instead of me? What does she have that I don't have? How could he put, look at this. And she's holding up her gloves and her leather hat. And she's like, what in the world? And then she throws on her jacket. And she's like, look at this. You, you Look, a person wearing this look. Fabulous. Oh, I love it. Look and how Blair's, good I look. Blair's moment, she says, I can even make this look good. Exactly. Blair in her relationship with the mirror is a beautiful thing. It is wonderful. And she puts the hat, like the motorcycle hat on. Yeah. And the jacket. And then where does she go? And, oh, before she goes though, um, when Blair is questioning the other girls, somewhat rhetorically, but not really, and saying, "What, what would he see in this? What is this? What is the appeal? Basically, she's saying, what is the appeal of a Joe? And Natalie says, well, I kind of read it in a magazine. It's the fact that Joe is unpredictable. Joe has a rebellious streak. That is a thing that some guys are into. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what makes Blair put on the jacket yes. and all that. So we've we've put that out there, the back that it's being yeah, rebellious. Yeah, she said something like, where, where, what does she have? That I don't, motorcycles or something like that. Yeah, what does she, she have that I don't have? And Natalie goes, a motorcycle, motorcycle. for one. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says, that's why, that's what the appeal is. It's the fact that, yeah. Um so then they end the scene. <laughs> Speaking of true to character, Natalie just says, okay, Blair, come on, Tootie. Let's go get something, something to, to eat. eat. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes. That's awesome. Oh, oh my and, gosh. And you know she's going down there to get like ding-dongs or like, oh, Twinkies. Or, or, or ho-hos or whatever. Oh, yeah. We all love Natalie so much. Yodels. Though they don't make fat jokes per se about her. No. But it's like, And you hey, know what? Quite frankly, she was not that heavy. No. At all. There are some seasons where she's as skinny as the others in later seasons. Yeah. And they made her dress in baggy clothes. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now we come down to the final scene of the show. In the cafeteria, Tootie and Natalie arrive. And whom do they encounter but Harrison, Harrison Andrews. And with he, with the slipper, as if the he's shoe. the prince, right? As the, this, again, the handsome prince with the slipper. All of these Cinderella... Things going but, on, but he was he is no he's yeah. sheep and what what did they say sheep and wolves clothing wolf, wolf and sheep's wolf clothing. and sheep's clothing it was the opposite yes. yeah I, I was like mm, he ain't yeah. no prince so, and he ain't charming no <laughs> anymore <laughs> you a prince you ain't charming mm-hmm. I love that and then he says uh, hey uh, I just wanted to bring this back could you just give this to Joe and they're like well we could go get her he's like no we're I'm good so he knows he did wrong yeah and then um. A little bit, but not completely. No. Not completely. But just enough. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. And before he has a chance to leave, Blair shows up dressed fully in Joe's outfit with the denim jacket, with the patches, the leather gloves, the Marlon Brando wild one hat, Hat. leather hat. And uh, and then his eye cocks up, you know, like his eyebrow is like, wait a minute. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, what is that about? And then Blair says, well, you know, do you like it? What do you think? Do you Now do you think I'm adventurous and unpredictable? And he says, no. He says, that's so not you. That's, yeah. not, that's not what I think of you. You're not that type of girl that's that way. And, um, and I don't want you to be that way. Yeah. As if, you know, I have my needs and wants. Yeah. And I want you for this. And she fulfilled another want that I had. She says beautifully done for network television oh so you're saying i'm the kind of girl you marry and joe is the kind of girl you mm-hmm. don't right and it's like what That's... was the what was that last word gonna be yeah and then he says yeah blair you're Damn. you're a girl for the future yeah. and you know, and she says oh and joe's the kind of girl you want in your past right and then joe appears do 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 and she and she's heard this she's heard all this yeah and she's overheard this and blair sees it and She's like, what, are you going to let him st- 
you can let him say that stuff about you? Go, deck him. Yeah. And Joe yeah. is like, um, I kind of already did. And then he's like, I just want to bring back your shoe. And then Blair lunges at him. Mm-hmm. When she, she understands she what's happened. She gets all rebelish with her motorcycle gear on. Yeah. And is trying to kick his ass. Yeah. And, and Joe is and holding Joe's her back. And Joe's the one that's holding her back. And, and He's he says, not worth it. You know, that it, kind of thing. And he says, say hi to your mom for me or something. And she says, yeah, I'm going to tell her what a sleaze you, you are. are. Yeah. Blair is pissed. And for all that we have heard Blair go through, her emotional crisis of this episode, the fact that there was no I told you so Mm-mm. involved in this. It was Blair being the conceited girl who yep. still has the heart of gold. The fact right. that Blair, without any hesitation, immediately defaults to, you don't fucking do that to my friend. Right. Exactly. Friendship. And um, I know what was wrong here, even though, you know, we think of her as being selfish and self-centered and, and whatnot. But yeah. yeah. You, you so, really Self-centered. Just, more yes. than selfish, you know, the yeah. vanity factor. And that's a great place for comedy. But- the reason why the character works and why we like her is because even in season one, they managed to find those moments and rarely uh, strayed from that. Yeah. Um, and uh, to find these moments of we just had this serious moment. And so the two girls have this moment to connect. And Joe just says, eh, it's OK. He's not worth it. Yeah. He just thinks because I'm from the wrong side of the tracks, he thinks I'm easy. And Blair says, well, I've had guys think that I'm easy, too, because I'm from the right side of the tracks. And then she adds, Hell, I even own the tracks. <laughs> just like, and that happened. I was like, damn, yes. it's so cute. Yeah. I own the tracks. And guys have thought it's that about, about me. me. Yeah. It's like, so, yeah. And then they have this sweet little look at yeah. each other so at the end. He, who like, would think friendship solidified. Yeah. Joe says, and if you're for the for the subtlety impaired. They do cap it with, huh, you and me with the same problem. Who'd have thought? Yeah. And Blair says, I won't say anything if you don't. don't. Or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah. And I almost expected there to be some type of a, a punchline or a joke or whatever. Yeah. But as the audience starts to applaud, they are they start to walk upstage toward the exit. And then they just stop and have this moment. Yeah, they just look at each where other. They just look at each other. And then it freeze frames and the applause continues and the episode's over. I love that the applause isn't canned. I no, they it's or get, they're like, fuck yes. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. It was yeah. such a good episode. It was a great episode. And, you know, if anyone started watching it at that episode, um, I think they would be pleasantly surprised that this, it's well-written. And I know we keep saying that, but it's well-written and well-executed yeah. and and some really good, good. They, these these kids had chops, and they did. I don't know who directed it, but it was directed by Asad Kalada, mm-hmm. who is he? I think is on record as he has directed the most of the show going forward. Like, there's a reason for that. Yeah, no, he's yeah. he's clearly good. There's at least one season where he did, I think, all like 23 episodes. There was one season that was all his. And I think one or two more where he did the majority of them. That's great. And uh, I think he had only had one from season one that he had done. So he was still kind of new to this too. Right. But clearly with good material and this cast, this powerhouse of a young cast. Unbelievable. It's so good. I really enjoyed it. And I I cannot get over the marked improvement. This is, like I said, the thesis show that Linda Marsh and Margie Peters wrote, I think this is where they said, this is what the show should be. Right. And they are right. I would hold this up to any classic sitcom mm-hmm. episode. And I would I would hold it up to things today. I am so happy we got to share a little this slice. This time together. Uh, just to have a laugh and watch a show. We... um further bonded uh, like we like we needed anything more to bond us and our childhood and our life experience we didn't but we didn't and yet we still have we have even more now which i, know. I love about that and i'm glad and it was fun yes so Thank do you come for, back again i would love to that i would be, love to maybe a couple more how many seasons were there nine nine yeah nine, nine seasons yeah invite me back in the later later ones to you know, like a little yeah, comparison when it, when it goes tur- when when the pendulum swings back to bad again oh so Jody Chase <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of this and I look forward to having you back I do too thank you David Almeida bye bye
And there you have it. Jody Chase, ladies and gentlemen. God, what a fun gal. I love every time I get to hang out with her. Re-listening to this, it's 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 insane how often we are gushing and talking about what is good about this episode and what we enjoyed and we're genuinely laughing at. It's like, it's such an odd departure because as I've said, this podcast typically is just shitting all over the show. That's what season one drove us to kids. Now we've got better products and we've got better things to talk about. And that makes me very happy. As always, Let's Face the Facts has been hosted, narrated, edited, produced, graphic designed, and stapled by me, David Almeida. Subscribe, rate, and please review the show with actual words in addition to stars on iTunes. I'm told that makes a difference. You can keep up with the show on our website, facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. That's where you can find fun video extras, ways to contact me, additional audio content from each episode from the digital cutting room floor. There are also links to the show on your favorite podcatchers. And if you connect to us through social media, it will keep you up to date every time something Thing is posted to the website so you will not miss out as it stands now the show drops every wednesday every saturday i post the video of the upcoming episode when video is available and every sunday you get a mixed bag of something beautiful random anything and everything that i can find on the web that i can share with you about the show tune in again next week when I'll be watching Season 2, Episode 4, called Who Am I? with my friend Rob Zeiser. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and remember, the facts of life are all about you.